everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Savage Files. I'm your host, Jade Savage, and today we're going to talk about the case of Anna Walsh. Anna Walsh is a 37-year-old mother of three who was reported missing on January 4th, 2023, when she didn't show up for work. As this case has progressed forward and the layers have been peeled back, disturbing details about Anna's disappearance have emerged. Through every haunting detail that is released, the one thing on everybody's mind is, where is Anna and will she be found alive? Anna Walsh is a 37-year-old native of Serbia who came to the United States in 2005. Not only is she absolutely stunning, but she's very intelligent and career-driven. Anna lives in Cohasset, Massachusetts with her husband, Brian, and their three children. She commutes to Washington, D.C. for work at Tishman Spire, where she's a regional general manager. Anna married her husband, Brian Walsh, in 2015, and they have three kids together between the ages of two and six years old. Anna is very adventurous. She loves to travel. She loves the finer things in life, and she loves to post on social media about it all. However, as of January 1st, 2023, Anna's social media has gone radio silent, and nothing has been posted since. On January 4th, 2023, Anna didn't show up for work, and her coworkers reported her missing, which raised a lot of eyebrows as, why didn't Anna's husband, Brian Walsh, report his wife missing? When was the last time he spoke to her, and why was he the only one that wasn't concerned about where she was at? Now, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about Brian Walsh's background because I don't think he deserves the spotlight like Anna does. But I do think it's important to know one thing about Brian Walsh. Actually, to know a couple of things. At the time of Anna's disappearance, Brian Walsh is on a home confinement. Why, you might ask? In November 2016, Brian listed two Andy Warhol paintings on eBay claiming they were originals from 1978. He even included photos in the listing on eBay that showed the authentication and made it seem pretty legit. This may surprise you, but the paintings were indeed not legit. The gentleman who purchased the paintings purchased them for $80,000, but they took the sale offline. Instead of going through eBay, they signed a contract outside of eBay that said if the buyer was not satisfied with the paintings, he had three days to terminate the contract and he would get a full refund. Once the buyer realized these paintings were not authentic, he wanted his money back, but he couldn't get a hold of Brian, and then when he finally did, Brian just gave him the runaround about where the money was and why it was taking so long to get back to him. Long story short, Brian is now on home confinement with an ankle monitor and can only leave the residence under certain circumstances. Now, it's important to note that Anna did have a role in the scam. She helped facilitate the painting with the buyer. She spoke with the buyer about the painting, but according to a federal affidavit, she was not found guilty for her role and it was proven that she did not have knowledge that the paintings were a scam. Through all of this, Anna stood by Brian's side, even writing a letter to the court in June 2022 saying that he's a great husband, a great father, that he's helping take care of his sick mother and trying to heal her back to life. He's volunteering with charities and he's this great man and definitely not a monster and not a criminal, but actually a good person. Unfortunately, Brian is just that scummy of a person and just as he was about to get sentenced to no jail time in this case... He got slapped with another federal charge for embezzling money from his late father's estate after he found out that his father kept him out of the will. 
This is my favorite part. Not only did his father keep him out of the will, but he said, and I quote, best wishes, but nothing else. Normally, I would say, wow, that's pretty messed up. But in this case, yeah, no, that's pretty well deserved. So according to court filings, Brian illegally obtained various items from his father's estate, such as cash, paintings, things of that sort, and then sold them off. What a winner this guy is, honestly. Now that we've learned what a ray of sunshine Brian Walsh is, let's circle back to Anna. On January 4th, 2023, Anna's employer reported her missing. They said she hadn't shown up for work in three days, which is very unlike Anna. She has a lot of responsibility at this company. And not only had she not shown up for three days, but no one had heard from her. Not only was Brian not the one who reported Anna missing, but it turns out that Brian was the last person to see her on New Year's Day. Brian told police that he last saw Anna between 4 and 5 a.m. on New Year's Day and that she was supposed to take a ride share to the airport and fly out to D.C. for a work emergency. Investigators looked into the ride share and learned there was no ride share scheduled to pick Anna up from her residence and there was no ticket booked for Anna to leave Massachusetts to Washington, D.C. that day. Furthermore, investigators said Anna's phone pinged at their Massachusetts residence on the 1st and 2nd of January, 2023, which wouldn't add up if Brian is saying that Anna left town on the 1st, why did her phone ping at their house in Massachusetts on the 2nd of January? Investigators did learn that Anna originally had a flight booked for January 3rd, 2023 from Boston to Washington, D.C., but remember, there was that work emergency, according to Brian, so she left early. Investigators did go to Anna's townhouse in Washington, D.C., but unfortunately, there is no sign of Anna there. Her phone has been turned off since January 1st, and none of her debit or credit cards have been used. Now, Brian said that on January 1st, 2023, he had three hours allocated to help his mother home from surgery. However, she recovered quicker than expected, so she drove herself home. He did say that even though he didn't drive her home, that he did still go use those three hours to visit her. Now, this next part makes absolutely no sense, so buckle in. Brian's account of that day is that he left his home that he shares with Anna and started heading towards his mother's house, but he realized he left his phone at home and got lost. So he drove around for a little while, ended up going to Whole Foods and CVS. See, to me, this seems ridiculous because this man is 47 years old and I'm sure has gone to his mother's house hundreds of times. And say he's, say he's really challenged when it comes to directions. Don't you think he would just turn around and go home to get his cell phone instead of getting lost on the way to his mother's house? At what point do you say, oh my gosh, I don't know my way around and direction for me is super hard, so I'm going to head back to the house and get my phone. But instead, you just spend a bunch of time driving around lost in a town that you live in? Going to see your mother, who you've gone to her house a million times? Okay, Ryan. Okay. Now, of course, investigators did their due diligence, and they canvassed the CVS and the Whole Foods, and there was no surveillance video of Brian at either, and no receipts of him making any purchases at either store. On January 2nd, Brian said he took his son out for ice cream, which police say didn't really happen. But he, Brian failed to mention to police that he went to Home Depot on January 2nd and spent $450 on cleaning supplies. The cleaning supplies included tarps, mops, buckets, tape, and other miscellaneous items. And when Brian went into Home Depot to buy these supplies, he was wearing a mask and surgical gloves and paid in cash. 
he purchased these items during the amount of time that he said was allotted to pick up his children from school. However, his children did not have school that day. This guy is not a smart criminal, my friends, clearly. Police did obtain a search warrant for the Massachusetts residence where they found blood in the basement as well as a broken and bloodied knife. On January 8th, 2023, Brian Walsh was arrested, but maybe not for the charges that you think. On January 9th, 2023, Brian was seen leaving the jail and heading for his arraignment at the courthouse. And as he exits the jail, he is smiling ear to ear, just grinning. And it is disgusting. Brian was charged with misguiding a police investigation and intimidating a witness, and his bail was set at a half million dollars. Brian pleaded not guilty to the charges, and his next hearing was set for February 9th. And just when you think things can't get any more strange in this case, they do. A twist in the disappearance of a Cohasset mother, her former home up in flames. The mother of three, Anna Walsh, now missing for five days. So is the fire a coincidence or is it a clue in this mystery? Thanks for joining us on this Friday night. I'm Lisa Hughes. The fire broke out as crews were searching the woods near Walsh's home. WBZ's Julie McDonald is tracking the breaking details tonight live in Cohasset. A house that the couple sold less than a year prior to this incident occurring was caught on fire while police were in the backwoods checking for Anna, trying to find her, and checking for any evidence. Now that's crazy. Investigators at this point are searching high and low for Anna, and their search takes them to a trash transfer station in Peabody. Reporters flew over the landfill and got video footage of investigators in protective suits searching through the landfill, and the landfill includes a, gar a garbage bin that was moved from Brian's mother's apartment complex to the trash transfer station. And boy, did police find a treasure trove of evidence in that landfill, including trash bags with blood on them, a hatchet, a hacksaw, a rug, and used cleaning supplies. On January 17th, an arrest warrant charging Brian Walsh with the murder of his wife, Anna Walsh, was issued. And the information that has come out in the last few days since the arrest warrant was issued is absolutely disturbing. Now this part is going to be a little bit graphic, so if you don't want to listen, just skip ahead a little bit. But I did want to read to you guys the searches that Brian Walsh was making on his son's iPad on January 1st. It says that inside the courtroom, the prosecution detailed how Brian Walsh allegedly used his son's iPad to Google search a number of questions the morning of January 1st, during roughly the same time Brian claimed his wife was departing for a work emergency. The searches start at 4.55 and include how long before a body starts to smell, how to stop a body from decomposing, and how to embalm a body. At 5.47 a.m., Walsh allegedly searched 10 ways to dispose of a dead body if you really need to. At approximately 6.25 a.m., Brian allegedly looked up how long for someone to be missing to inherit. Following that, he searched can you throw away body parts? At 9.29 a.m., Walsh looked up what does formaldehyde do before searching how long does DNA last and then can identification be made on partial remains. At 9.59 a.m., he looked up dismemberment and the best way to dispose of a body. And then at 11.34 a.m., he looked up how to clean blood from a wooden floor. 
On January 2nd, he searched Hacksaw Best Tool to Dismember. Also, can you be charged with murder without a body? And can you identify a body with broken teeth? According to the prosecutor, surveillance video captured Brian Walsh tossing heavy bags into a dumpster in Abington and in Swampscott, and a cell phone data showed he visited a dumpster near his mother's home. The prosecutor says that the bags in Abington had been destroyed by the time police located them. However, the trash bags in Swampscott were discovered in a collection site in Peabody, the same site we talked about earlier. We know that in that landfill, investigators located a hacksaw, cleaning supplies, things like that, but they also located a Prada purse carried by Anna Walsh and her COVID-19 vaccination card. While prosecutors did not say if they found Anna's remains, they did say, and I quote, Rather than divorce, it is believed that Brian Walsh assaulted and beat his wife to death and then dismembered her body and discarded her. During the arraignment hearing, Brian Walsh is said to have shook his head once but did not otherwise react to the gruesome allegations. He spoke in court to say he acknowledged the charges and entered a not guilty plea. He also pleaded not guilty to the charge of misleading investigators and his next court date is set for February 9th. In a statement, Brian Walsh's defense attorney, Tracy Miner, said she would not comment on the case and suggested the evidence was not strong. She said, I'm not going to comment on the evidence, first, because I'm going to try this case in court and not in the media. Second, because I haven't been provided with any evidence by the prosecution. In my experience where, as here, the prosecution links so-called evidence to the press before they provide it to me, their case isn't that strong. She continues by saying, when they have a strong case, they give me everything as soon as possible. We shall see what they have and what evidence is admissible in court, where the case will ultimately be decided. This case is absolutely devastating, and I know we don't have a body, but prosecution said that at this point they have enough evidence that they believe that she is no longer alive. And that's so devastating for the families. She has kids, you know? And this guy is an idiot. I know that it's, it's innocent until proven guilty, but this guy clearly is not a stand-up character, and I am not a fan. I don't know what's with all the Bryans of 2023, but we're not a fan. The only guy we're a fan of in 2023 named Brian is Brian Enton, and he is the greatest of all time. The next hearing in this case is on February 9th, and you guys know I will be here to give you all the details of what's going on in this case. I know this took me a little longer than I would have liked to get this episode out. I just, I know that there was this kind of limbo with her husband, and I wanted to see what was going to happen before I dug in, and then and then just awkwardly had to make a short follow-up video. So I'm glad we can finally get this out. We can talk about cases that aren't just Idaho. I love the Idaho case. I want to continue to bring awareness, but there are so many other cases that deserve it as well so continue to send me cases you guys want me to cover i know there's the athena brownfield and we're getting other cases as well so we have the murdoch trial happening this week i will keep you guys updated on that one if you have not watched it check it out on dateline it is just crazy very interesting i will be here um, all week with updates on that thank you guys so much for joining me for another episode of savage files and i'll see you guys on my live have a beautiful week mm -hmm.